everybody. Welcome to Life Awakening. This is your hostess with the mostest, Coach Callie Tamey, out here in beautiful San Diego, California. And it is sunshine today. I got two weeks in a row of sunshiny weather to do my podcast recording. I'm super excited about that. We've been having so much rain and everything. It's just been, um, it's been challenging to say the least to be in the rain every single day almost during the week. So super excited to have some sunshine, even though it's a little breezy and chilly today. Uh, just loving the sunshine coming down and it's a it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. And I hope you guys have got some warmth and some sunshine wherever you are at today. I know my uh, Midwest folks are getting hammered with some snow and some blizzards. So stay warm, stay safe and, you know, don't get out on the roads unless you absolutely have to. I just want to thank you guys. Like you showed up and smashed that episode last week of with who do you think you're talking to like I had almost 50 listens for that one episode like right out the gate and I that's the highest number that I've gotten in one week on an episode so I love you guys I am so thankful that you guys liked it I was a little um, apprehensive with the title because it was so in your face and I was just bringing it real and I was bringing it honest and I hope you guys got as much value out of it and know that it was coming from the bottom of my heart because I just want you guys to have the best life ever. Like I want you living your best life at all costs. So however I got to do that to help motivate you, inspire you to reach for the stars and then go farther. That's what I'm going to do. And sometimes it's just going to require me to get just real raw and in your face with some stuff. So I'm going to continue bringing the heat today where we're talking about quit waking up like an accident every day. Yes, I said it again. <laughs> quit waking up like an accident every day. So now I'm, I'm quite sure you're wondering, what does that mean? So when I say quit waking up like an accident, did you know it is a statistical fact that 54% of Americans hate their job. 54% of Americans hate their job, but it pays their mortgage and it pays their bills. So they stay there. They might have a nice house. They might have a nice car and you know, their coworkers are, eh. some of them are okay. Some of them are not. They might admire their boss. They might not, whatever that looks like, but they stay there because they're comfortable. And they don't go anywhere. They don't do anything. They don't strive to better themselves, find a better job, make more money, start their own business or whatever. They choose to stay in a situation in their job that they hate. Been there, done that, could write a book, did write a book. I just don't, I could never work somewhere that I hated working there ever again. I did that for so many years and it was terrible. You know, I want you guys to, like I said, live your best life. That includes doing what it is that you love. So as we dive into this today, I want you to, if you're in a position where you can, take some notes and really pay attention because I've got some really good tips and tools for you guys today to help you take that next step in orchestrating a positive change in your life so that if you are one of those 54% of Americans that I really think that that is a low number, I think that's more closer to 75 to 80% of Americans really hate their job. I thought it was a, a rather low statistic at 54, but anyway, we're going to go with that because that's what I said. You know, if it's on the internet, it's the truth. <laughs> 
But so I, like I said, I'm going to give you guys some, some tools that I use, some things that I do, some tools that I learned from watching masterclasses and the learning and everything that I've done. And I've incorporated those things into my life. Some of the things that I used when I was coming out of my depression and changing my life and how I've continued to do that since becoming a personal trainer and just making my life really the best life. And I'm still going through those things and kind of where to look for the pitfalls and how to avoid those things and why all of these tools work and how they've worked and how long it's going to take for them to work and what to expect while you're going through them. So before we dive all the way into this today, we're going to talk about your beliefs too. Before we get all the way up into this today, uh, let's take it. Let's take a second and hear from my sponsors and I will be right back with quit waking up like an accident. Welcome back to the show. Hope you guys enjoyed that message from my sponsors. So we're talking about quit waking up like an accident every day. I want you to think about that statement for a second. What do I mean by waking up like an accident? Waking up like an accident is you're waking up without any passion for what it is that you do. You're waking up each and every day and you're just going through the motions. Do you know most of us die at the age of 25 and we're not buried until we're 90? That's what I mean by waking up like an accident every day, man. Like I don't want to go through the motions every day and not enjoy every minute of every day. We get one life on this planet. One, one, uno, uno, one, one life. Like, are you going to sit on the sidelines every day and watch everybody else live their best life? Are you going to sit there, complain and bitch and moan and groan about them getting this and them having that? And they always look so happy and they this and they that. Well, you know what? You can have those things too. Like we're conditioned from a very young age and I, I, I'm going to jump off of the school system right now. So if I have any teachers on here, like, I hope that this resonates with you. And if you are one of these teachers that you will do what you have to do to start feeding children's passions. I know that you have a curriculum that you have to follow and I get that, but there's a way to feed children's passions and their dreams instead of stifling them down and making them forget about their dreams and telling them they have to get a job in order to do this and they have to be realistic. Nobody has to be realistic. Nobody has to be realistic. And and I'm being 100% real. If I told you my biggest dreams right now, all of you would tell me that I'm crazy. And I know I'm crazy, so it doesn't bother me (laughs) to say that my dreams are that big and they, my dreams being that big, they're just big enough to scare me, but just reachable to where it motivates me. Let's say that again. They're just big enough to give me just a little bit of fear. Like, are you nuts? Like, is that that really what you want to do? Are you sure? But they're just just far enough out of my reach where now it's a challenge and I'm going to make that shit happen. When we're in elementary school, teachers tend to feed our dreams. What do you want to be when you grow up? They have show and tell, you know, you want to be a fireman or you want to be a police officer. You want to walk on the moon. You want to be an astronaut or you want to be, you know, I don't know how many kids want to be a physicist, but you know, some want to be doctors, some want to be nurses. My 10 year old granddaughter, she, she will tell you right now, she's going to be a brain surgeon. 
she wants she said she's going to be a traveling brain surgeon because she wants to operate on people and take tumors out of their head so they can live a happy life like that's coming from a 10 year old and me and her mom are feeding that dream if that's what she wants then we're going to do everything that we can to keep feeding that dream if that is her passion and that is her desire to do that now she hasn't had to take any biology or any kind of science classes yet that may change when she takes biology and has to take physics and has to take chemistry and all of those wonderful things so we'll see if that's still what it is when she gets into middle school and high school but until the day comes where she says you know this probably really isn't for me we are going to fan those flames and we're going to be the wind beneath her wings and we're going to do everything that we can to make sure that she succeeds at doing exactly that so when you get out when children get out of elementary school and they get into middle school or junior high whatever you call it in your area or your neck of the woods that's when they start kind of like dumbing you down they start looking at your test scores and say okay according to statistics this is what you should be doing you have grades for this so if you're not in the top five ten percent of your class they're Teachers are generally not going to recommend that you try to be a doctor or a lawyer or whatever. If you're not good at math, they're definitely not going to recommend you be an accountant. You know what I mean? So, and, and I'm throwing out like ridiculous scenarios, but I, I want you guys to get a taste for what it is that I'm talking about. And then when you get out of middle school and you get into high school, that's when they really start hammering you and then they recruit the parents to be on their team. Well, their test scores say they should do this, period. And if they're good at sports, you know, they may be the best in their town. And, and granted, getting into professional football, um, professional basketball, the chances are the percentages, you know, I, I, I want to take the word chances out. The percentages are greatly reduced for professional sports especially for women, because there's not as many professional sports for women as there are for men. So I understand the realm of that in and of itself. But you can go to college, you can see what you do in college, and you can figure that out. But if you want something bad enough, you will do whatever it takes to make it happen. Okay, so being a professional athlete is not about your genetics, there's, there's going to be a little bit of genetics involved, but if you want it bad enough, you becoming a professional athlete is about your habits. Are you getting up every single day before school? And are you, if you want to run track and you want to make it to the Olympics, are you out running every single day? Are you doing your sprints? Are you doing your drills? Are you stretching every day? Are you eating right? Are you getting the proper nutrition? Do you have a coach that's coaching you? Like, five to six or seven days a week, are you visualizing exactly what it is that you want and you're willing to stop at nothing to make that happen? Those are the people that reach those goals, those big, huge, big, humongous goals of like being an Olympian. Like, have you heard, like, think about their work ethic. Even athletes that go and play uh, professional sports not even professional sorts, but like make it in college. Their work ethic is ridiculous. The ones that you hear their names all the time, like uh, University of Alabama, Tua Tagovailoa, and his work ethic is ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. And it has been. His father coached him 
from a very young age to be doing exactly what it is that he's doing. And he loves it. It wasn't that his father was hounding him and saying, hey, you have to do this or else. He found out what it was that he loved. And then he laid down the ground rules. Okay, this is what you want to do. These are the steps, A, B, and C. It's non-negotiable. Non-negotiable. If you are going to be the best, we're not accepting anything less than following A, B, and C. Then when you're done with A, B, and C, D, E, and F. Going all the way down the alphabet and then starting over if that's what you need to do. Like he was getting out there and he was doing drills every day. He was running every day. He ate a certain way every day. Like they had their family time. Like it was a very strict regimen of this is what it is. That's what it takes to be a success. Now, not everybody wants that level of that level of success. And that's fine. But you have to decide what it is that you want. You can't sit there and play the victim and say, well, so-and-so is doing this and so-and-so is doing that. And they get everything handed to them on a silver platter. They don't get everything handed to them on a silver platter. They worked for it. You don't know what's going on behind the scenes. It just looks like that because you don't see their grind. You don't see what they've got going on when you're not around. Most people that have a level of success that you want or you think you want, they get up at five o'clock every morning. And so this is like part of the habits that I was telling you. But there's also a new statistic out from, I don't remember, it's one one of the universities out in London, I want to say, uh, if I remember correctly. It takes 66 days to create a new habit. 66 days. It's not 21 days. It's 66 days to create a new habit. The first 21 days, our first 23 days are probably going to be the hardest. The middle ones that are going to get a little bit easier. And then the last 20, 23 days, whatever, 22 days, is going to become much easier. Not going to say that it's not going to be challenging, but after that 66th day, it's now automatic. It's now, you don't have to think about it. You don't have to make yourself do it because you're seeing the results it is that you want in order to continue doing it. So let's talk about people who have a job that they hate. People that have a job that they hate tend to not be happy people. They are the complainers. They are the people that are generally late for work. They are the people that when they come into work, they go to the water cooler or where the coffee is and they stand around and talk for 15, 20 minutes. Or they check their email or they surf the web or they're checking their social media when they get to work versus doing work. People who are successful and excel in whatever job it is that they have in their company tend to get up early every single day. They have a morning routine that they follow before anybody else in the house gets up. So you'll hear some people say, oh, well, you got to get up at 3 a.m. You do not have to get up at 3 a.m. I'm not going to get up at 3 a.m. When I get up at 3 a.m. is for prayer time. From 3 to 4 or 4 to 5, that's my prayer time. When I'm doing my uh, Daniel fast, that's when I get up and do my prayer time. If, but they get up before the rest of the family gets up, before the rest of the world gets up. They generally work out first, 20 to 30 minutes of working out, 20 minutes at the most. You can do a really good workout in 20 minutes. You just got to sweat, man. 
You just got to sweat whether that's doing yoga, whether that's running in place, whether that's running around the block. First 20 minutes when you get up, work out, get a sweat going, whatever that looks like. Get, get your jump rope out. Do jump rope intervals. You know, jump rope for a minute, rest for a minute. Jump rope for a minute, rest for a minute. Do some push-ups, do some yoga, do some stretching. The next 20 minutes, that's your gratitude time, man. Like writing in a journal saved my life. Like when I was coming out of what, actually when I was in my depression and coming out of my depression, writing in a journal and getting all that negative shit out of my head, all that negativity saved my life. Like I had to get the negativity out. Like I, I just writing it down. And so what I would start like, and I still have those journals. I don't go back and read them. I could probably burn them today if that's what I wanted to do. I don't go back and read them and put all of that stuff back in me. But it's a way to get it out. And this is what I coach my clients to do on a regular basis. Like if you're good times or bad times, journaling is something that successful people do regularly. So start with the things that are frustrating you. You know what I mean? What, whatever it is that's got you. Because like we all go through hard times. You know, I'm not going to sit here and say that bad things happen to good people. Bad things happen to everybody. Like it even says in the, in the Bible, hard times are going to come. There's, there's no avoiding the hard times because our mind gets focused on bad things and we attract bad things. When we are focused on the good things, then we attract more good things. When we have challenging times, that is our time to grow. It also says in the Bible, the people without a vision perish. So you got to have a vision. You've got to have a destination. You've got to have somewhere it is that you're, that you're focused on going. Being, being comfortable is the enemy, man. Like being comfortable, that leads you to a life of mediocrity and being average. I don't know about y'all, but I'm allergic to being average. Average is not in my, I, I'm going to get me an ID, one of those allergy ID bracelets that, say, that says allergic to average. I'm so serious. Like, I don't want anything average. If you're the smartest person in your circle, you need a new circle. If you are the smartest person in your circle, you need a new circle. If you're the fastest person on in your circle, you probably need a new circle. If running track is what it is that you're supposed to be doing or playing baseball or whatever. If you're the best person on your team, you probably need a new team. If you're the if you're the richest person in your circle, your financial status is better than everybody else in your circle, you probably need a new circle. We need challenges to grow. And if, and I think I said this in the last podcast, that's what I call being at the, at the top of the food chain in your circle. So if you are the highest one in the food chain in your circle, the rest of them are going to drag you down and beat you with experience. And it's not that they mean to. It's just they are comfortable where they're at and we get caught up in, well, I don't want to leave my friends behind. Nobody said you had to leave your friends behind. They can still be your friends. But if you have goals and you have dreams and you have aspirations, they are not the people that are going to feed your flames. They're not the people that is going to be the wind beneath your wings. Typically, unless they've already been inspired by you. They're setting goals. They're chasing their dreams. They're doing their thing. They're, they're chasing you. It's okay to have those kind of friends still in your circle because you guys can mastermind and you're, you're, they can ride your coattails. 
Hell, they may pass you and you may end up riding their coattails. But if your circle is in the comfort zone, they don't ever get outside that comfort zone. They're not willing to push the status quo. They're not willing to get uncomfortable. And their biggest aspiration on the weekends is to see what's on Netflix and how much beer they can drink between Friday and Sunday before they have to go to back to work on Monday. Maybe you need to reevaluate who you call your friends. That's just truth. Like that might hurt your feelings. Sorry, not sorry. So let's get back to the habits. They say 5 5 a.m., the 5 a.m. club. They say 5 a.m. is the optimal time to get up in the morning. It's before the rest of the world is awake. You're not going to be bothered by emails. You're not going to be bothered by somebody calling your phone. You're not going to be bothered by the kids getting up. You know what I mean? That's going to be your quiet time. Get your heart pumping. Because so the other thing about getting your heart pumping and working out first thing in the morning like that, even if it's just doing, you know, 50 50 push-ups, 50 sit-ups, five-minute plank, you know, five one-minute planks, running in place, mountain climbers, whatever whatever that looks like. You just want to get a sweat. You want to get your heart rate up. When you get your heart rate up and you start sweating, that produces endorphins. You'll get some serotonin. You'll get some dopamine. Those are the happy drugs that your body naturally produces. If you're in your comfort zone and you're part of that 54% of Americans who hate their job, you're producing more cortisol, which is why you're, you've probably got a tire starting to happen around your belly. Did you know that cortisol is also the fear hormone? How many of you guys wake up with anxiety and fear every day? It's produced by the cortisol by you not moving your body on a regular basis. So first thing you do, get up, do something to raise your heart rate. You want to raise your heart rate real quick? Do some burpees. (laughs) Burpees are the solve all to anything about getting your heart rate up. Do 10, rest 30 seconds, do 10, rest 30 seconds, do 10, rest 30 seconds till you reach 100. Your body's going to hurt for a couple of days afterwards, but you know, maybe a hundred is a little bit too big of a number to start out with, but do five sets. You can do 50, do a hundred, do 10 burpees every minute, every minute on the minute, do 10 burpees until you just physically cannot do them anymore. Then when you can't physically do them anymore, do some yoga, do some stretching. And while you're doing your stretching, just quiet your mind. Get your, get your little meditation in for that last 10 minutes of, of that, you know, because yoga stretches your body, man. You'll sweat doing some yoga, especially if you're already tight and you did burpees, you're going to be really tight. Then the next 20 minutes. So from 520 to 540, that's when you're writing in your journal. And like I said, journaling saved my life. So what are you going to write in your journal? If you're, if you're in, a, in a time in your life right now where things are real challenging, start out writing down the things that are bothering you. Get them out of your system, okay? But before you finish writing, once you get all the negative stuff out, follow it up with what are you grateful for? What are you thankful for that you have right now in this minute? Like, are you sitting at your kitchen table and you got a nice hot cup of your favorite Colombian coffee? Maybe Colombian coffee is not what you like. Maybe you like a French roast or, or whatever. You know what I mean? Whatever your favorite coffee or maybe you like hot tea. I drink my spark hot in the morning. That's, that replaces my coffee. That's my, that's my go-to every morning. So, you know, be thankful for whatever it is that you're drinking and you've got a nice roof over your head and you've got a car and you've got this awesome family and that you do have a job and that you're able to pay your bills. 
You're thankful for the food that's in your refrigerator. You're thankful for the truck drivers that take the food from the farm to the store. You're thankful for the stockers at the store that stock it for you all the time. Do you have your food delivered to your house? What about the delivery drivers that uh, pick it from the pick it up from the store and bring it to your house? Like those are all things that you can be thankful for. Be thankful for the air in your lungs. I, I'm thankful for that every day. When I write down in my gratitude journal, that is one of the first things I write down. Like I am thankful for the air that I get to breathe in and out of my lungs because there was a really long time where I didn't care if I breathed or not. So I'm very thankful that I have air in my lungs. I'm thankful that I am more positive and that I can flip a negative situation in a blink of an eye, no matter how frustrating or upsetting it is. I'm thankful for my emotional health. I'm thankful for my physical health. I'm thankful for my spiritual health. All of those things are A plus in my world right now. And I remember a time when they weren't. So what are you thankful for? So writing, having a gratitude journal or an appreciation journal, whatever you want to call it, those things do the same thing that the workout does. It releases dopamine. It releases the serotonin because now you get all these feel goods. You know what I mean? Write down your wins from the day before. Like, what did you win? So you've got 20 minutes to write. So if you start, get, get rid of all the negative stuff that happened from the day before that may be still on your mind, write out your gratitude and then set your intentions for the day. How do you want your day to go? Like, okay, so you're going to work. You know, you've got a meeting. How do you want that meeting to go? How do you want the people in that meeting to treat you when you walk in the door? How do you want to treat those people when you walk in the door? What is the outcome that you want from the meeting? What is it that you want the people to feel? What is the effect of your speech? If you've got to give a speech today, like what do you want the people to feel? What do you want them to walk out of that meeting feeling? What, what lessons, what value can you add to them? What do you want to project out to them as soon as you step in front of the room and start presenting whatever it is that you have to present? That's one of those awesome things that you can do. Then the other 20 minutes that you do so from 5:40 to 6 a.m. is learning like if we're not growing we're dying and I know that for a fact because when I I did not start any personal development until I I don't even want to say I it was personal development to become a personal trainer but it really was because I was doing nothing as far as helping myself grow when I got out of high school I was done with learning that was my thought process and that almost killed me so learning something like is that listening to a podcast? Well, yeah, you could listen to me first thing in the morning. That would be great. <laughs> listening to a podcast. Do you have an audiobook? You can listen to an audiobook or your favorite book that you're that you're reading right now. Read something that is feeding you. A nonfiction book that is teaching you something. Are you trying to learn a new language? First thing in the morning, your brain is fresh and it's hungry to learn. That would be the time. If you're trying to learn Spanish or French or whatever it is, Portuguese, if you're going to Brazil, use that 20 minutes of time to do your new language lessons because your brain is going to absorb it much easier and quicker and it's going to store it and it's going to be easier for you to recall it. If you've got an online course that you're doing, do one of the modules on your online course. Get your brain set up for success for the rest of the day. So that's the first tip that I want to give you for 66 days. Do the 5 a.m. club. 
Now, I know some of you have kids and 5 a.m. is is a little hard, especially if you've got small children or whatever at home. You know, like if you normally get up at six o'clock in the morning, an hour earlier would make it right. If you normally get up at seven o'clock in the morning, get up at six. If you normally get up at eight, then get up at seven. You can adjust that time to fit your life. I'm saying your first hour of the day is your personal time and that's the time for you to grow and make you a better person. Nobody is responsible for your growth but you. Nobody is responsible for making you a better person but you. Nobody's responsible for you liking your job but you. Nobody's responsible for you succeeding at your job or your business or your family or your life, or your relationship, but you, you have to take responsibility for where it is that you are and where it is that you're going. If you're not willing to step outside your comfort zone and take responsibility for where it is that you're going, then you're waking up like an, like a damn accident every day and the world don't owe you nothing. So quit asking. Sorry, not sorry. Yes, I'm all up in your face. Yes, I'm all up in your grill and I'm not going to apologize for it because I need you to get this. I want nothing more than for you to be your best self, for you to have all the amazing things that you want on this planet. But you have to make you a better person in order to get it. The world is not going to hand it to you. It doesn't work that way. Life is meant to be lived. Life is meant to be lived, guys. It's not meant to be sitting on the sidelines. We're not meant to die at the age of 25 and then get buried at the age of 90. And I'm telling you, I'm going to live to be 120. So uh, (laughs) I live my life to the fullest almost every, I don't even want to say almost, I would say every day. I do something that sets my soul on fire every day. We are meant to live our life with passion, If you're doing a job that you hate, there's no passion behind that. You've got to figure out what it is that you want. And I've got a podcast on that. You know, do you know what you want? You got to figure that out. And there's a exercise in that podcast, a dream building exercise to help you figure that out. Matter of fact, at the end of this one, I may give you a little bit of a little bit of extra stuff to go with that. What else can you do? Well, Have you, you know, I hear people all the time say, well, I don't have time to take a course. I don't have time to learn anything. I don't have time to read a book. What about Traffic University? And I can't even take credit (laughs) for that saying. I was watching a Mind Valley, Mind Valley masterclass and they coined that term. And and I'm sure other people have used it too, but like I'm going to give Mind Valley the credit for a lot of this information because that's where the inspiration for this came today. They the masterclass and, you know, you've got to invest in yourself, people. Like I pay for classes all the time. Being a personal trainer, I have to do continuing education credit so that I can be the best personal trainer that I want to be to become a life coach. I had to purchase a course every day of every week of every month. I am doing something to make me a better life coach. I do public speaking. I do things to make my speech better. Like I've gone back and listened to my podcast and I've grown exponentially over these 22 weeks and how I present my podcast and how I talk and how I edit and 
the words that I choose to use and how I speak and how fast I talk or not. How I articulate my words much better now instead of running them all together like I did before, like a country bumpkin. You know what I mean? I'm doing the things that still still keep me being authentically me, but I'm performing at a much higher rate than when I was in the beginning because I was new. And that's the other thing. I said this last week, guys. You can't compare your beginnings to somebody else's highlight reel. Like a professional athlete was once an amateur. A CEO was once somebody's employee. A college graduate was once in high school and not even graduated yet. We all got to start somewhere. So you can't beat up your beginnings because you want the end result right now. You have to grow. So let's equate the, the high school and college thing. So your beginning in high school, ninth grade, you didn't know what you didn't know in ninth grade. You knew that you still had four years of high school. Well, by the time you graduate high school, how much growing did you do in that four years? So as an adult, if you wanted to learn everything about one specific subject, because that's what sets your heart on fire, that's what makes you, that's where you want to do, running your own business, whatever that looks like, you can bridge the gap by taking other people's courses, other master classes, in order to learn from somebody that's already been where you want to be. Why go through and reinvent the wheel and have to go through all the same mistakes that somebody else went through when they're going to say, hey, these are the pitfalls that you're going to hit. I want you to avoid X, Y, and Z. Like I've said this a hundred times too. Success leaves clues, man. You can pick up those breadcrumbs as fast as somebody can feed them to you if that's what you want. I would much rather me find another life coach that's successful in making the amount of money it is that I want to make with a number of clients in the group coaching or whatever that looks like. I would rather go to them and say, hey, how long did it take you to get you where you're at? Can you mentor me? What is going to be my investment in order to make that happen? Because I want to do what you're doing just my way. I can't mimic them as a life coach because I'm not them, but I can follow their business steps and what they did in order to get to where they are. Does that, I, I, I hope that makes sense. I want you guys to turn your pain into power. Like, like I said earlier, like we all go through bad times. At some point in our life, everybody that comes to this planet goes through hard times. I don't want you to live as a victim for the rest of your days. And when you're lying on your deathbed, you sit there and say, I wish I had done more. I wish I had learned more. I wish I had started that business. I wish I had reached out to that person. I wish I had loved more. I wish I had given more. I don't want you to leave this life with no regrets. I said that backwards. I, I don't want you to leave this world with a pocket full of regrets. I want you to leave this earth saying, you know what? I came, I saw, I kicked ass, I left my footprint on this earth, and I know I left it a better place because I helped people along the way. That's what I want for you. So getting back to the traffic university, most people commute going back and forth to work. Instead of listening to the radio, put in, a, listen to a podcast, listen to an audiobook, 
listen to an online course. Most of them have audios that you can listen to so you can do that while you're driving. Get off of the news. Did you know that people that watch news every single day are disconnected from reality because the news is paid to feed you fear. They are paid to feed you fear. If you've got a whole bunch of fear in your life or you feel a lot of fear or anxiety or depression, how much TV are you watching? How much CNN or Fox or ABC News or NBC News? How much TV are you watching? I don't even own a TV, guys. I don't watch TV. Somebody will say, hey, did you see that such and such on TV last night? And I look around like they were talking to somebody behind me because everybody that knows me and has a personal relationship with me, they know I don't own a TV. I don't watch TV. Even my roommate. Like we have these conversations all the time. He was like, hey, did you see such and such on TV? I was like, are you talking to me? Like, you know, I do not have a TV upstairs. and I'm not even down here watching TV with you. They like I'll come downstairs and they'll be watching a show. I can't even remember what the name of it is now. And if I pay too much attention to that TV, I get sucked in and I'm stuck down here for an hour. It's called a boob tube for a reason. Like, I'm not saying don't watch TV, but get off the news. If you're going to watch TV, let it be something productive that's teaching you something, that's feeding your passions, that's feeding your life, that's feeding your love, that's making you happy, not miserable. My very first podcast was about let's choose happiness and how happiness is a choice. Watching the news all the time, they're trying to take your happiness away from you. They're wanting you to choose fear. They're wanting to turn you into a zombie. They're wanting to make you do whatever they want you to do. I want you to do whatever you want to do. I want you to turn your fear into faith. There's two, a couple of acronyms for fear. Fear everything and run which is what the news is going to make you do or face everything and rise. Biblically, it means false evidence appearing real. So take that last one, false evidence appearing real. If the news is feeding you fear, false evidence appearing real. It is a statistical fact that happy people make better, make more money. It is a statistical fact that happy people get more promotions. It's a statistical fact that happy people's marriages last longer It's a statistical fact that happy people live longer. I don't know about y'all. Like I said, I want to live or I'm going to live till I'm 120. You guys can do whatever it is that you want to do. You can create whatever kind of life it is that you want to create. It's totally up to you. But it starts with your daily behaviors because your behaviors, they set up your core beliefs. And your beliefs are just thoughts that you keep thinking. You got to clean up your thoughts. You got to get clear on what it is that you want. Like clarity breeds mastery, man. Instead of living your life like you're always under a five alarm fire, you're reacting to everything that's coming along in your life with anger or hurt or hate or fear. I want you to respond with love and happiness and joy. Like when you change your perspective on how you look at things in this, on this planet in your life, you will change your life. And I've said that in almost every single one of my podcasts. Like let's start our day with gratitude. Get you a journal. And actually I need to, I actually need to go buy me another journal because mine is almost full. And I want to change the structure of my journaling. It's been kind of randomized here lately. And I, 
I want to structure it better. I want to, actually, I think I want a couple of different journals. I think I want a gratitude journal and then I want a regular journal, maybe. I don't know. I, I, I'm going to work that out in my head. And when I make a decision on how that's going to be, I'm definitely going to share it with you guys. But I still have probably about a quarter of my, my current journal left. So, you know, the journal that I have now, I generally start it with a gratitude. Or like I said, if I've got some things that are bothering me, whatever's bothering me, I write that down. And then I finish it off with gratitude and appreciation. And then if I have some goals and stuff that I want, I write them out in great detail. Like, what is it that I want? I just spent last Saturday, not this past Saturday, but the Saturday before, I spent almost the whole entire afternoon writing down what my life would look like if all the major areas of my life were a 10. So what does that mean? If you ranked your emotional life on a scale of one to 10, 10 being like, oh my God, there's no way that my life could be any better than what it is right now. And one being like, oh my God, this was freaking sucks. And like, if something doesn't happen, I'm going to die. Absolutely terrible being one, absolutely phenomenal being number 10. What would your emotional life look like if it was a 10? And I did one better than that. I actually started with, I ranked it at what it is and why I believed it to be that number and how I got there, which is, I don't want to say the negative side because my emotional state is actually really, really good. I remember times where it wasn't and doing this exercise back then when I was still coming out of my depression was difficult. It hurt. It was painful. But when I got to the other side and I was able to write down what I wanted it to look like, what that would feel like, what my life would look like in general. And I wrote it down as if it had already happened. My life started changing and I felt better. I did this for all the eight major areas of your life. So you have emotionally, spiritually, financially, uh, physically, professionally, socially, relationally, and then your physical environment. On a scale of one to 10, rank each of those. And, And all of them can be a 10 or all of them can be a one or anything in between. If all of them were a 10, I would venture to guess you would not be listening to my podcast. I would be listening to yours. And I said that in another podcast. You've gotta be, 100% authentic and real and honest with yourself when you answer that question. If it's a five, it's a five. If it's a two, it's a two. If it's an eight, it's an eight. But whatever it is, be honest and don't overthink it. It's whatever the first number that comes to your head. That's the number. That's the number. Write it down for each one of those areas. Like I said, all of them could be a 10, all of them could be a one or anything in between. I will say, I will be honest in my emotional health. I, I listed it as a eight, I believe either an eight or an eight and a half. And I mostly did that because I know I still have bouts with negative thoughts and, and I still beat myself up on my beginnings. And I keep talking about, you know, I keep trying, I, I've got a couple of businesses that I'm building right now and I'm in the beginning stages. So I keep comparing my beginnings to somebody else's highlight reel to their finish line. And that's not fair to me. So I'm working on those things in me. So I had to be honest with myself. This is like a seven and a half, eight and a half. And this is where I'm at and why, what is this going to look like when I'm at a 10? Well, those negative limiting beliefs will not be in my head anymore. Like I'll be able to flip that and talk about and do whatever it is that I want to do when I want to do it. And so after I got done writing down all the reasons that I was where I was, 
Then I took the time and I went and wrote down what my life would look like if I chased all of my dreams and I caught them in that moment, my life, what it would look like at a 10. Emotionally, spiritually, financially, professionally, physically, socially, relationally, that's with your family, kids, significant other, and then your physical environment. What each of those areas would look like if they were a 10. Man, when I got done writing that out, I was like on cloud nine. I don't think I slept for like three days. It was amazing. And since then, I've had a lot of positive movement toward those things. You are where you are because of how you think. If you have vague plans about where it is that you're going, vague visions about where it is that you're going, or no visions about where it is that you're going, you ain't going. You ain't going, boss. That's what I mean. Stop waking up like a damn accident every day. Wake up with a fire in your gut. Wake up with passion. Figure out what your dreams are and go do that. The world needs more people like that. The world needs more people whose heart is set on fire and they're passionate about everything it is that they do in this world. They want to make this world a better place for other people. Everybody that they touch, they leave them better than how they found them. The world needs more of that. Be happy because that's what you want to be, not because somebody told you you had to be. Don't let other people's opinion of you deter you from chasing your dreams and your goals. Matter of fact, keep your dreams and your goals to yourself unless somebody else is telling you theirs. And you're like, damn, Gina, that's a bomb ass goal or that's a bomb ass dream. What are you doing to get there? Like, what can I do to help you? This is what mine is. Like, we're walking kind of similar paths. Let's see if we can help each other. That's the person you tell your dream to. Not old Tom, Dick and Harry over here that's sitting on the street corner drinking his beer, watching the traffic go by every weekend or trying to figure out a way to get to the club every weekend. You just working to go to the club every weekend? That's not a life, man. That is not a life. You're, you're just existing. You didn't come to this planet to just freaking exist. You came to this world. You came into this life to create your life by design and to have the most amazing life ever. Ever, 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 ever. And I know you guys can do that, man. Did you know, and I'll finish up with, with here in just a second. Did you know that there is a science that shows people that practice daily gratitude with a gratitude journal are 25% happier than people that don't? After just doing a gratitude journal for 30 days, the people that did the gratitude journal versus the people who did nothing were 25% happier than the people that did nothing. After just 30 days, they checked back in with those people nine months later, and they were still 25 to 30% happier than the people who didn't do it at all. And it didn't matter whether they continued journaling or not. It did not matter whether they continued journaling or not after those 30 days, but their happiness level was a permanent thing. I'm not saying that once you raise your happiness level, that bad things aren't going to happen or there's not going to be something come along to try and knock you off your game. It's pretty much inevitable because we are supposed to grow. And the only way we grow is to get is to have a challenge or to have something difficult that we've got to figure out as part of life. But if you change your perspective when those hard things come and say, OK, what am, instead of looking at it as this is a tragedy, what meaning can I take from this that's going to help me grow and be a better person? that I can pass on to somebody else and help them grow too. 
It's the meaning that you apply to the hard things that happen if you're responding and not reacting. So I want to encourage you guys to get you a journal if you don't already have one. And, make, and journals are personal, man. Like go to the store that like a bookstore or whatever and get you one that sings out to you. Like the color should be matched for you. The out, like whatever it, it looks like on the outside. You, some of them you can create them online and have it shipped to you. You can get on Amazon. Amazon's got some really cool journals on there. So like there's all kinds of different ways you can get a journal. Like it doesn't have to be leather bound. Hell, it can be just a spiral notebook that you're writing in to start with. But do something every day that takes you one step closer to where it is that you want to go. So I hope you guys got some value out of this. I know I kind of went off on a tangent in a couple of places and, and kind of lost my train of thought for a second and I circled back around 15 times, but I just get so passionate about, you know, wanting you guys to live your best life, wanting you to get some value out of what it is that, that I'm talking about, you know, that you giving you practical steps and tools that you can use in any situation to help you grow and to help you be a better person, help you be the best person that you can be for you and everybody that's in your life. So with that being said, last week I said I had a big surprise for you guys. I'm still working on it. I'm in, I've got it started. So I can pretty much guarantee you that next week I can announce it and you guys are gonna be so awesome. I, I know you're gonna love it and it's gonna be great. But like I said, I, I, I got it started today but I want to finish putting all of the bells and whistles on it. And it's going to be something free to all of you. So all of my listeners, and I'm super stoked about getting that done. So uh, I hope you guys, again, really enjoyed this. If you would like, you can leave me a comment or a rating on iTunes. I can check those and I can comment and com comment <laughs> comment and leave you a message back and interact with you that way you're welcome to reach me on any of my social medias just search for Tammy Loftus and I will pop up uh, if you are on the anchor app I would love to get a voicemail message from you guys like I did last week and play that message on there if you have any questions or suggestions for a podcast title or a podcast subject that you guys would like for me to talk about. I would love to hear from you and let's get that done. I love you guys to the moon and back. You are absolutely amazing and stop waking up like a damn accident every day. You are awesome. You are powerful. You are strong. You are amazing and I love you. You guys have a great week and I will see you soon. Bye-bye now.